Hey everybody and welcome, my name is Coach Pav and today I'm going to be discussing why cyclists shouldn't donate blood. So I want to start this with a little disclaimer that says I'm suggesting you shouldn't, not don't. Um, of course, I am aware that as a, a bunch, as a community, we tend to be very giving and, um, uh, you know, empathetic and thoughtful human beings. So if you do feel compelled to donate blood or any part of you, please do so. What I want to talk today, though, is that maybe uh, actually there is a better timing and definitely a better way of going about this. So um, I'm going to start with just some rifling off some facts here. And um, a study by the University of Washington's Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation found that in 2017, the worldwide need for blood was a little under 305 million units, but the supply was only a little over 270 million units. So falling short of over 30 million units, actually. And a different study from the World Health Organization said that three in four people worldwide are physically active and around one in five consider themselves an athlete and train for a specific sport or event. So when you actually think about those two, those two studies, it's no wonder why we see so many cyclists risking uh, their performance by donating blood. And actually, if we did stop, then there'd probably be an even bigger gap to bridge so one of the things we're going to talk through today is the effect of blood donations on cycling performance and the reasons why you should keep hold of your blood. And then balancing compassion for others with passion for your cycling performance, which is, um, as, like I said, timing is everything. When timing wasn't work, it doesn't work, what can you do? And then what you can do in terms of giving more later and my top tips for not losing your cycling performance when donating blood. So again, just going to go through uh, the effects of blood donations on cycling performance. So a study published in uh, the Sports Medicine Open in 2016 found that maximal but not sub-maximal endurance capacity was altered after blood donation. Maximum power output, VO2 peak or VO2 max, and hemoglobin mass were decreased up to four weeks after a single blood donation in moderately trained people, which we would suggest that you probably are moderately to highly trained. Beneficial training adaptations seem somewhat lowered by repeated whole blood donations. What we're suggesting there is actually the majority of the damage is done and repaired in around 48 hours, although the lasting effects are what you need to be careful about. So if you are training quite seriously uh, and intensely and working hard for improvement, it seems counterproductive that you would give those hard-fought gains away. Ultimately, this does come down to the balance of two factors, and that is how compassionate you are about others and how passionately you feel about your cycling performance. Again, if you are listening on your favorite podcast streaming platform or watching on YouTube, you can go to my website, coachpav.com, and then forward slash blog, or you can just find it at the top panel, and you can find some of the lists that I've got. There's two main ones in this blog, and there's five reasons why cyclists should keep hold of your blood. So here they are. Maximal endurance capacity is altered post-donation until rectified by training. So I'm just going to explain that one. So basically what we're talking about there, what you lose, you won't ever get back unless you train again. So when you put that into perspective, you think that if you've spent four weeks training, your maximal endurance capacity, 
then you give blood and you go back to those four weeks, you need to spend another four weeks to build that back up. So in, in terms of where you are, you lose four weeks and then you have to spend four weeks to get back up. So ultimately, that's quite a chunk. And I'm also throwing four weeks out there. It's going to really depend on you. So you could potentially see a lot longer than four weeks to build that back up. So maximal power output decreased up to four weeks. VO2 max also decreased up to four weeks. Hemoglobin decreased up to four weeks. And positive training adaptations also lowered. Again, so the four weeks is a ballpark figure based on the research um, from in the Sports Medicine Open 2016. So it's one of those things where if a client says to me that they're giving blood, usually I have to sit down and we have a very big conversation around whether or not that's actually something that they want to do. And again, like pretty much everything I talk about comes down to commitment. And if you are somebody who is doing something huge, like race across America, trying to break a world record, if you're definitely like trying to become a pro or anything like that, you don't need to be doing this. Like if you do this, like you're probably missing your shot at actually a success in your goals or at least delaying it by a significant period of time. But if you're doing a Grand Fondo Sportive or you're doing something like that, which you should achieve, and again, I'm not suggesting with ease, it's always going to be hard. You might just be going faster. But if it shouldn't be impossible for you to achieve, then yes, then there's possibly a good reason why this wouldn't matter too much. It's one of those things, right? When you get sick, I mean, I'm sure we've all trained and then got sick and then gone back to a, a point where you've lost four or more weeks of training, how demoralizing that is. And this is kind of what you're doing, except for you have control over this. Again, I'm not suggesting don't give blood. I'm suggesting there is ways in which you should do it. As I've said a few times now, timing is everything. So given that the biggest losses tend to be around high intensity, it would be smart to avoid donating blood during the times where you're working on power and you might need it, especially if you've got intense training coming as well. This is a little bit problematic if you are the typical amateur cyclist who has less than eight hours a week to train because you're probably not doing a lot of low intensity if you've only got five to eight hours or less, you know, eight hours or less training a week because you're probably not going to get that adaptation that you want. Again, that's a generic kind of look at that. Um, there'll be some people that do very well with polarizing their training or just sticking at a low intensity even if um, even if you do have limited time. But let's just say that you are doing a lot of power training, uh, excuse me, intensity training, uh, moderate to high intensity. The timing you have got for donating blood is actually very small. And I would suggest that that's probably the point right after you finish your A event and um, are perhaps maintaining or having fun before you uh, start, you know, maybe take a week or two off and then start training for the next big thing. That honestly, for everybody, is going to be the best time for you to do that finish your last a event of the year recover a little bit donate some blood and then you've got four weeks potentially of riding around and then uh, before you you know start training again it's really hard for me to give a precise amount there considering it's a, a i can't plan everybody's a events right some people have them in june or july and some people have them in october if you have them late in the year then you're probably taking very little time off and getting straight into stuck or stuck into you know the training for the next year which is unfortunate Obviously, it goes without saying you should avoid donating blood anywhere near your races or events. That would be the worst thing ever. It's almost like giving yourself sickness right before the event. I unfortunately had a couple of, you know, two or three clients this year, including obviously the the, the great team of um, John and Mark from GCN and uh, John getting COVID the night before starting Race Across America. And that's, it's, it's horrible. Um, and obviously not much we could do to control that. 
but there's obviously a lot we can do to control the fact that you don't give blood in the four weeks before your event. But of course, the issue there is that unfortunately, sometimes timing doesn't work and blood is, is needed year round. So if you do want to do your part, actually become a plasma donor doesn't affect your hemoglobin levels, obviously, and there is an increased need for blood plasma worldwide. That will limit some of the damage you do. Um, but again, it's still going to affect your intense training. So you might want to avoid that. But I like my next section. I feel like I'm giving some actionable feedback here because you've probably listened to this. And if you're listening or watching or reading or whatever it is, my stuff, you're probably thinking that you're not going to donate blood now. Here's what we can do to rectify that. First off, give more later. So once you've stopped or you take a year off from doing anything major on the bike or whatever, give more blood. That's a great way of doing it. But you could do a buddy system, right? Find someone and do a trade with them that is going to be able to give away more blood. And then, you know, promise um, that you'll donate more later. You could do a lot more in terms of, you know, chivying people up to, to donate blood and stuff like that. So you can be actively involved in donated blood, even if you don't, don't donate blood yourself. So I feel like this for me is probably the best way of balancing compassion with passion, compassion for others versus passion for your, you know, cycling performance. But also I understand that it's not easy to ask people to do something that you're not willing to do yourself. So barter, trade, would you donate some blood for me if I came around and did all your gardening? But I think that that's also a good example. So I'm just going to finish this um, this content up with my top tips for donating blood and not losing your cycling performance. So again, number one is obviously avoiding donating blood near your events or intense training. Donate blood during the off season or after your final main event of the season and donate blood plasma instead of just blood. Donate more blood once you retire. And for those of you that aren't watching, uh, air quotes around retire from serious training and encourage others to donate blood too. And of course, the last one, barter with someone without donating blood for you and in exchange. And, um, you know, that's it. So again, I want to end this with saying it's not about not donating blood. It's about getting it right. Thank you for tuning in. As ever, if you're watching on YouTube or listening on your favorite podcast streaming platform, there is a lot of useful extra information in the description. Any extra blogs or anything like that or science and links will be in there. And, you know, check check it out. Come to coachpab.com and um, have a little look around. Also, always appreciate it when people uh, leave a comment, ask a question, you know, just a thumbs up or share with your friends. It's fantastic. Or join our forum, our forum, our community. And there's a link on coachpab.com or you can just put community.coachpab.com and come and join the, join the chat about this blog on there. And we can talk about anybody that, you know, has made the mistake of donating blood or you know, even bartering. There's a lot of people on our forum, on our community now, and I'm sure you'll find someone that will do a trade with you. So thank you so much. My name is Coach Pav and have an awesome day.